0: Attention podcast listeners, this podcast contains adult language, mature situations, discussions about fun comic inspired films, rants about bad sequels, geeky facts, and fun commentary. Listener discretion is advised. It's Zan And Greta And we're from www.spyrecon.com Some podcasts and varying reviews about the enhanced narratives Where we have a lot of really cool podcasts Where we talk about different things say the pros and cons about it How the art style is, the characters are And we're actually bringing you a new podcast today This is a new show Which is going to be a little different than the other ones Because it's not just us talking about one thing We're talking about lots of topics Specifically of one type This is The first episode of Zen's Extraordinary Superhero Examination where we talk about all things comic-y. We'll talk about comic books. We'll talk about TV shows. We'll talk about various other things as well. Some cool video games maybe that are inspired by comic books or weird books that are based on comic books like that whole run where they had Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman as high school students in a school where the bullies were all supervillains but they're all high school students. Why? Because
1: they can be.
0: Reasons. But we're going to talk about different things as well. I talk about the the new huge mega series. We'll talk about the new movies that come out and we'll talk about some other things. Maybe a weekly podcast. Maybe a monthly podcast. This may be a bi-monthly podcast. No, not bi-monthly. That's too weird, right?
1: That's either twice a month or it's every two months.
0: Mm. So we will let you know, especially if this goes well, let us know what you think at www.spyarkin.com Just leave a comment in the show notes or you can email me personally at xan, that's x-a-n, at s-p-i-r-a-k-e-n dot com Yes, and Greta has an email we just have to post it and make it all work But
1: you can reach me by reaching out to Zan
0: So we should plug all the other stuff beforehand Remember you could find us on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, Facebook, Vimo, Spotify, iTunes, Music, Stitcher And several other social media platforms And if you have a PS4 you can play me on the PSN network Or if you have a Nintendo Switch We are on Nintendo Switch Online Where we're playing horrible amazing games like Dr. Mario Which I'm surprised it holds up so well like 20 years later Ta-da! But we digress so let's get to it, shall we? Now, this awesome new podcast, as we said, is inspired by comics, more specifically the superhero genre, but not just superhero genre. We'll talk about other stuff as well, like Wizard Beach, Mangy, so on and so forth. But we've thought of a good way to start this podcast off with something big, because there's a lot going on in the superhero comic world right now, in our world. For example, the huge plethora of films and TV shows coming out right now. I mean, you have the direct current slash DC's uh online demand TV show where you have Things like Titans and Doom Patrol, which surprisingly is really fun. I didn't think it was going to be as fun as it was, but it's pretty fun. You have The Runaways, you have Cloak and Dagger, you have Shazam, which came out. Shazam! and so many other fun stories and usually we talk about the movie reviews in our movie review podcast our motion picture review podcast and we reviewed a lot of superhero movies on here we've talked about Green Lantern Superman we've talked about uh, Avengers uh, Age of Ultron we've talked about Captain America Civil War Captain America Winter Soldier we've talked about a lot of stuff but we haven't really discussed it in a way
1: Captain Marvel
0: Captain Marvel we talked about on our uh, Stardust account where we gave our initial response we haven't got an official review of it though But that's what we're going to do today, because today we're going to be focusing on the Marvel Cinematic Universe in general. We're going to talk a little bit about its history, and we're going to talk about where we feel the film's rank. Because in exactly 13 days, 13 days from now, so when we release this, it'll be 12, but in 13 days, the 22nd film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe coming out.
1: Dun, dun, dun!
0: Avengers Endgame and what better way to finish off Phase 3 than to talk about Phase 1, 2, and 3 and put the films we've talked about in a concrete order that we feel is right. And notice, I've went through and looked through 20 different websites and everybody has varying degrees about what they think is a good film and what they don't think is a good film. There's, I think, two films that kind of are on the bottom always but there's some cases where those films are not on the bottom. So, you have to understand this is our rating. We went through, watched all the cinematic films, we did a month-long watching, and we figured this is how we put it in order. It's ours, you don't have to agree with us. If you think we're wrong, you're entitled to your opinion, but just hear us out before you say we are terrible people. Also, we're not going to be discussing any of the Netflix shows, so no, Luke Cage, Punisher, Iron Fist, Jessica Jones, or Daredevil. We love all those shows, we think they're really well done. I especially like Punisher, and I really enjoyed Daredevil. What uh, and
1: I really like Daredevil too, I like it more than, personally, Jessica Jones. Yeah,
0: and Iron Fist is Iron Fist, okay? I actually really enjoyed it. It's a shame that Netflix got rid of them, but whatever. We're not talking about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Agent Carter because, well, those ones kind of go all over the place. They started to be connected to Marvel Universe. Now they're not, or who knows. Uh, Inhumans, the worse said the better, because that's a garbage show. It makes Iron Fist look like Beth.
1: But like we said, we weren't going to talk about
0: those. And the shows like Cloak and Dagger and Runaways, which are connected, kind of, but until we officially see that they are connected, it's kind of up in the air. So we're talking about the films in general. We may talk about some of the other aspects of... Uh, we're going to save some of the other things for later. We're going to talk about the best cinematic villains in another episode. All right, enough of that. I spent six minutes talking about this, so... About what
1: we're going to talk about.
0: Yeah, so let's start, shall we? Because it's the first episode. We got set up, right? Yes. So, so let's start, shall we? And remind me later, I have to put in the show notes in the beginning. If you want to skip all the beginning stuff, click here. Yes. <laughs> so you don't have to hear all that beating random. Set rant. up. So, so first off, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, as it's been known, is something which started in 2008 when Marvel entered team began playing to produce their own films and distribute them through Paramount Pictures. Now, some of their earlier properties were owned by other studios, and due to licensing deals and rights, they were kind of in weird limbo. Like, for example, The Incredible Hulk and all of his casts could only be distributed from Columbia. Fantastic Four and all of their characters, and also, and also the X-Men, had to be distributed through Fox. Spider-Man was with Sony, so on and so forth, which leads to a lot of issues, a lot of legal... Continuity. Not kind of but legal battles and whatnot, so they couldn't use certain characters. But, Marvel Studios just did own the majority of their Avengers line and some of their more I don't want to say B-list and C-list characters but they're more not well-known characters. So, in 2008 they decided to make a big gamble by releasing a film starring Robert Downey Jr. called Iron Man, who at the time was not known as one of their better superheroes. I mean, Iron Man was a rich, industrialist futurist who was an alcoholic kind of a prick. No one really liked him in the comics. They felt he was kind of just a really crappy character. He'd done some kind of cool things They had the Civil War aspect where he was, you know, he wanted to have superheroes register and was kind of... He's more of an authoritative figure. So they picked Robert Downey Jr., they released it, and with that, it became a huge, amazing thing because it did well. It did amazing. Ta-da! And John Favreau made the film great, and from then on, it just started to snowball. He had the Incredible Hulk in June a month later, and that did pretty well, even though there were some issues and they changed some characters around. You had Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America First Avenger, and then... all. All this led up to the first ever Major crossover event That was not with the Universal Monsters Because beforehand the only crossover event you really Thought about was Universal Monsters you know Laurel and Hardy meet Frankenstein and Dracula Or Monster Squad which had Frankenstein's monster the creature from the Black Lagoon Dracula but you never had anything Like a major like this this is the first time You had characters intertwining and talking to each Other in their references especially with that stinger From the first Iron Man movie where I am Iron Man you're in a bigger world With Nick Fury played by Samuel Jackson Jackson, who does an amazing job is it. And from then on, they just kept bringing people over. And if Incredible Hulk didn't have Tony Stark played by Robert Downey Jr. at the end of it, I don't think this would have worked.
1: Would it have been so
0: good? I don't know. If they just ended Hulk like that, I don't think it would have been this huge cinematic universe we have. Them each one leading to something bigger and bigger, and then we had the Avengers.
1: But I like that they all live in the world. Sorry. No, that's a... I do. like. I, I like that they all live in the same world. Um, This is a uh, universe where they know each other. We're spider man comes in, he's out, knows them, loves them, and wants to be part of it. That, you know, Thor comes in and out from his own world back down to Earth. and but, I, like, I like that it all they, they're, you know, your neighborhood that,
0: hero. Yeah, but it's not just their neighborhood. It's like they can pop into other movies, but then they have their own movies because they have their own thing going on. You could have, like you said, Spider-Man show up, save the day, then he goes off to his own issues dealing with that, and then another character from it, like Happy Hogan, shows up to yell at him. Or you have Ant-Man where he, I love Happy. he shows up and he he ends up having to steal from the Avengers and Falcon shows up and then later on him and Falcon have an established relationship in Captain America Civil War. Beat up
1: on each other. Yeah,
0: and then Doctor Strange when uh who showed up in Doctor Strange? Was did, was there any cameos in? No, Doctor Strange was a standalone. Doctor
1: Strange in the um I mean, Stinger. In the you Stinger. Go,
0: in a Stinger Stinger something happens, but that's a standalone film like The Incredible Hulk like Iron Man, one of those classic those classic non like the origin movies for the most part can stand on their own. The only ones which don't have stand on their own is Ant-Man and Spider-Man Homecoming. But they were an origin film. Well, Spider-Man was not an origin film, thank God, because that was was a whole other thing with Sony. But, since we've been talking about that, so, as I said, we watched the first part of the Infinity Saga. We went through all of it over a month. Well, was it less than a month or more than a month?
1: Um, uh, more than
0: a no, yes, less- somewhere around there. It was more than less than a month, but we saw it all, and we've caught up, and we've went over all the films, and we have our our favorites and our low favorites. Now, this is not to say that they're all bad films; they're all excellent films. They all have something unique to them. It's just that some are better than others. And let's go over some of the in our reverse order. And our lowest film we ranked is one which is very debatable, and that is it's not a bad film. It's just it took a major departure from the films. We're talking about Iron Man Three. Yes. Iron Man 3, they got a new director to do it and he decided to throw out everything from the last couple of films to make it his own vision, which in the, Shane Black is someone who worked on Lethal Weapon, he's more of a buddy cop feel and some people really enjoy that. He also took a lot of liberties with characters who showed up that were established to make his own thing. Later on, this has been retcon to be fixed a little bit. And I think so, the retcon fixes that so, mistake. But there's like you
1: know, the big debate on some people, not to understand. some people don't like this and like pretend that it didn't ever exist because of continuity of story. The- I think it's a great movie. It's just
0: not a superhero movie. <laughs> it's not. It's not a superhero movie. It's a. It's a. It's a decent movie. It's entertaining when you watch the second time. I've only watched it two times. Every other one I've watched more than three, four, five times. Just this one was not. I feel it was a weak film. I think that them getting rid of the major aspects of the film were not great. It had nothing to do with the Mandarin reveal. I like actually the twist with the Mandarin, even though it does shit on on the whole ten rings that was established in the first film, but they said, oh he just co- he copied that in the Hail to the King short, but getting off top. So Iron Man 3, bottom of the barrel was decent. Uh we're not gonna talk about the villain in this, because that's for a whole another episode. We put it at the bottom for various reasons Now the one above that, still at the bottom But not a little better Which some people may give a shit about Is Iron Man 2 Now Iron Man 2, a lot of people give hate on They say it's a more boring film I think it's a better film because it focuses more on Tony Dealing with his mortality And unlike 3 where it's him saying Oh I'm having PTSD from What happened in Avengers, it's Tony Stark being Tony Stark Him being the alcoholic Him being the very flawed character Who's dealing with his demons and him and his his father set up to his, him, and his father have created from their own stupidity.
1: And there's those like ang moment, at, like Pepper saying
0: Pepper, uh, Pepper being the boss of Stark Industries and her stress with that because Pepper is a great character. You may say a lot about Gwyneth patra but she does hold her own against Robert Downey Jr. as Pepper, and I think that their relationship is believable, it's not shoehorned in like certain other characters, which we'll bring up to them in a bit. Uh, yes, the villain again, the villain issue, I think that that this villain is a little bit better than the other two villains, in my opinion. But that's me. Not
1: all villains are created...
0: Also, Justin Hammer is a hundred times better than Killian because Justin Hammer is just an idiot. Meanwhile, and he just, he's charismatic. He's like the, the shitty G, sh- shitty, like, um, if Tony Stark is Steve Jobs, then, uh, Justin Hammer would be, do we want to say he's Bill Gates? Well, he's more Wozniak than Bill Gates. No, no, Wozniak was smart. Uh, yeah. We need, like, someone totally stupid and just doesn't work, but is, like, imitated. He's, like, a bad imitation.
1: The guys who said that they created Facebook.
0: You're taking Zuckerberg? Oh, the other guy.
1: It's like if Tony Stark is Zuckerberg, then the other brothers that said the name.
0: Maybe, uh, but yeah. So I think he just he's a little he's a little more comedy and a little more fun. I think that's how we put it anyway. So the next one is again one of the ones that's pretty low in all the lists, and I have to agree. Thor: The Dark World. Uh, on the one hand, it's better than its predecessor because it it focuses more on the universe in general, not just let's have him on in the universe for ten minutes and then have the rest of time on Earth in some random. City, it's it shows more of the the universe. You have more interaction with Loki and his family. You have a lot more of the mythical areas. The first part is kind of lame, but then once it gets into Asgard and all that, then it gets intriguing. And the mythology is is something which you want to ponder and know more about. It's just that it takes a while to start, and certain characters are forgettable or really annoying. Again, not talking about villains here. We're
1: talking about side characters <laughs> like Esten.
0: Yeah, uh, anyway. Darcy. So, yeah, Darcy with meow meow. <laughs> (laughs) The first movie, really funny. second movie...
1: That's funny.
0: Getting old. So, from here, now we have one of the more later films. This one is a good film. It's fun to watch. It's memorable. It's just, this one is more of a palate cleanser, in my opinion. And this is Ant-Man and the Wasp. It's cool to see Wasp come up to her own. It's the first film where it has a female character in the title. Hooray. And she does an Aunt Vangeline...
1: She does a really great job at kicking butt, being strong. She's not as strong as she was in the first movie. They've softened her a little bit. Um, I really liked it. I want to like love it. I love the relationship with daughter. Um, I love all the father-daughter relationships in the Ant-Man.
0: Because you have Henry and uh, Hope finally actually they're not hating each other. They love each other and it's working. You also have the, the love of Janet and Hope in that. And it was a good film. It's just that it's a palate cleanser. It's an okay movie. It's just...
1: It felt like it was really fun to make and they really enjoyed themselves and it's not like a
0: uh, it's not uh, not a super movie and it's a good film it's just it's good and from here on out all these movies are gonna be we love these movies there's none that are just like this is boring this is not all oh, great movies it's just from here on it's a lot more fun right and they are more engaging and more and more involved anyway okay uh you think i'm getting too we're getting too weird with each of the reviews boom so from Ant-Man and the Wasp next one we have is one which is one of the earlier entries in the cinematic universe and the second one the one which kind of cemented this we're talking about the Incredible Hulk now this one
1: Hulk smash
0: has something very simple with it it's a great story it's very standalone it actually does one of the first uh, unique things that a superhero film does where they skip the entire origin you don't see him become the Hulk it's all told in the opening credits where you see it happen and it does have a reference to the old TV show and you hear the old TV show music while it's happening. It just goes into just, it's 20 months after he became the Hulk and he's on the run. Or no, five years, right? Something like that. And it's him dealing with General Ross chasing after him, him running through the country, trying to find a cure. And
1: trying to not be the Hulk.
0: And they use the Hulk sparingly. It's like a very good kaiju movie. It's, the monster is there, but when you see the monster, it's the best part. And Edward Norton, he's a good Hulk. It's just, it's a shame that all the stuff happened behind the scenes which made him quit. Because Otherwise, this would have been a very different cinematic universe with Edward Norton instead of Mark Ruffalo, who takes over for him in Avengers.
1: But I think... (sighs) I'm so used to Mark Ruffalo that even though Hulk came out first, I like Mark Ruffalo as my Hulk better. I like him him as Bruce Banner better.
0: I think that with the original Incredible Hulk, they want someone who is like Bill Bixby. And that's why they picked Edward Dorn. He was really good. It's just that he's apparently a diva off screen. So, no. oh well. Still Hulk smash. He did good. And the villains were really cool. And supposedly the Abomination was supposed to be in one of the upcoming movies also. But we'll get to that in a little bit. So the next one is the, the... next superhero who we showed up that was not Iron Man. We're talking about the mighty Thor. I love Thor. Thor, the first one set up the universe further, showed start at the beginnings of the cosmic universe. They made that the rainbow bridge was a wormhole. It wasn't just a, a literal, the rainbow bridge to Asgard. You know, just a random bridge that shows up. No, it's actually like a wormhole. They added a lot of sci-fi elements to it. And then they spent two-thirds of the movie on Earth with him being fish out of water, which it's Kind of comical, kind of funny. It does shoehorn in the his love for Jane a little bit. If they had done a one, if they had made it that there was more time passed, it wasn't like a week. If it was like a couple of months. I think it would have felt a little more organic. Oh maybe. And Kenneth Brown tried to bring more of a Shakespearean aspect to it and I think that didn't work out so well. Still it is a lot better than the first the second Thor movie. I think it's it shows more of the compassion that Thor gains over time and him growing up. It's it shows him starting off as the as he as I said the very selfish boy to become the man who could become king. It shows him developing.
1: Yeah, he's no longer the, I want to fight, let's conquer, pour me a beer. More of is this the right do?
0: Pour me a beer. Pour me beer. I think that um the Thor in the first film would have sympathized more with his sister. Yes. Which is kinda a nice little plot point. But okay, so we have the Mighty Thor. And I love the fact that they use the Mighty Thor in the film. It's one of the, my favorite lines in it. The Mighty Thor. <laughs> it's like Mighty Thor, what will you do? Because I and also bringing in H- Loki, one of the best cinematic villains. Again, we're not talking about villains, but his relationship with Thor and how Thor really loves his brother, but he doesn't see that his brother is a vicious, horrible snake. Eventually he does learn and he gets wise from him and admits like. Like, this is how just this, 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 this is our relationship this is how it is I love you but you're a... anyway. so next another one which it's very debatable uh, a lot of people put this a lot lower but we didn't and we're talking about Avengers Age of Ultron the second in the Avengers films this was a combination of it of a lot of what had been established beforehand especially with the fallout from Captain America the Winter Soldier and this sequel it, it does suffer from sequelitis it's not as good as the first film
1: it's not as good as the first film I feel like the characters were way familiar with each other, which I love. I love that they're like, like this isn't, they just get together and fight that, you know, there's subs behind it. Um, I like that the villain's kind of a robot.
0: They established the villain in a way that was smart and intelligent. That he was, he was supposed to be a security program that was supposed to save the day. And I feel that if they had mentioned Ultron early on, like if Iron Man 3 had actually used, like to have them start talking about Ultron and seeded him early, I think that would have been a lot more, that would have been a smarter move and would have made the film feel a little more organic. Instead of him just showing up, and then his reasons for destroying the world, which are, kind of, make sense, but kind of also go all over the place. And James Prader as Ultron is great. He's a great villain as Ultron. Just It could have been more. Also introduced the Max Mops and introduces Ulysses Claw, who, that was very fun to see him. <laughs> Andy Serkis is always a good actor when you see him outside of MoCap, and it's just, the way he plays him is such a fun and weird person. He's like, he's like yeah, you're gonna make me scare something? You can make me see Cuttlefish. That'll scare me. <laughs> but, uh, also love seeing more Hawkeye, and Hawkeye being a little bit more up Front, even though Hawkeye's a he's still a bit player, but you see a little more him also setting up the twins, Wanda and uh, Quicksilver or Petro, even though Petro, well
1: But I like that Hawkeye like is a dad.
0: He's like the dad of the Avengers though. He's the well in this one he's more the dad, the, the supervisor of the event. He makes sure they're okay. He's care of
1: him. Yeah, but it's like that's not what you think of first Hawkeye.
0: Yes, especially if you know the comics where he's Playboy and the flirt and the fun guy. He's supposed to be the fun screwball. The outsider who was a criminal who joined them and his way. But Ultron, fun movie. A little bit pretentious at times, especially with its overarching message and a little scatterbrained but much better than the other films and it's getting there. It's, it, I love the, the best part is the dynamic between the characters, how they know each other and how they relate and how it causes issues. Yes, this is setting up for another film coming up. There's a lot more focus on the antagonism between Tony and Steve, but it's a very excellent addition to the franchise in general. So from here we have another film, another sequel to a big film, but this is a sequel to one of the films that was considered the biggest gamble. We're talking about Guardians of the Galaxy 2. And this one, what can we say about Guardians of the Galaxy 2?
1: So much.
0: Besides face. Like, oh, God. <laughs> this one makes the 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 cosmic Marvel universe so much more fun and crazy. You, you introduce so many elements that are weird. You have, um, you have the Sovereign introduced. You have the other Guardians, or the Ravengers, who are led by the original Guardians from the comics, introduced. You have Ego introduced in the Celestial concept. It's so much going on.
1: And Ego is such an appropriate, like, name. Like, Father, God, full of self, his plant, planet, like...
0: No, he is the planet. It's not he made his own. He is the planet.
1: Right, but it, you know what I mean? Like, Ego, like, it can't get a better name. It's totally, totally spot. They took... Like, what are we going to call him? Let's call him Ego!
0: Well, originally, Ego was a villain for the X-Men. He was in the Cosmic Universe. He just a giant planet that was just crazy and wanted to kill things. And they said, let's make him the villain. But we'll, in exchange for him, we'll give you Negasonic Teenage Warhead for Deadpool. And that's how they got... Ego. And they did a great job with him, especially with Kurt Russell playing...
1: Oh, I love Kurt Russell playing Go.
0: Playing him and his schmarmy kind of... Well, it's Kurt Russell. He's very charismatic. He can be a little weird, but he's charismatic. You want to get to know him. And when he's evil, he is evil.
1: But he's weird in like that fun kind of crazy
0: way. Also amazing soundtrack. You gotta love it. James Gunn did an amazing job with this. Now, the big issue with it, I think, is when the first film is, let's get the group together let's have him hang out. And the second one is what you don't do in any RPG party. You split the party. The minute they split the party into two narratives, it lost steam a little bit. Because yeah, it was really cool to see this story and this story but there had to have been a way they could have connected them to make it work a little better.
1: Yeah, there was
0: the Ravenger storyline with Groot and Rocket and Yandu could have been fixed a little bit. And Groot was as we said in the review of this, Groot was just there for eye candy. Let's be honest he was there just to be cute. not a I
1: love Groot. But he's like
0: In that movie he was not as good as he, he wasn't otherwise and He's, he's just he's just cute little baby Groot. He didn't do anything. And it just is kind of... I mean, yeah, it's really cute the first scene you see him when they're yelling up saying, Run away, Groot! And, and Groot waves at them and said, Hi! Like, you know, it's like you talk to a little kid. So, it's good. But you do see a lot more development in the characters, as I, as we've stated earlier. As the character development gets better, the films are getting better. It's just this one, that's why it's so low. It. Next one we have is one of the later introduction films. This is one of the fun different films where they say it's a high Film, but it's a heist film, superhero film. Let's be honest, it's not a complete super heist film, but it's a good heist film. It's one of the funniest entries in this. We're talking about Ant Man. Ant-Man is a lot of fun.
1: I especially love, like, the creepiness of the ants very beginning. Well, when first... They're not
0: creepy. They're just...
1: No, but like the the scary, like, gonna kill you ants that are on the floor, but then they... All, step, the bu- all the bullet so they, ants? Like, like, it's kind of... It's kind of creepy, but then they quickly get less creepy. You realize they're all being, like, trolled. I don't know.
0: I liked... Uh, the thing which made this film work, despite all of the behind-the-scenes issues where Edgar Wright was going to direct it, and then... They didn't like it So they gave it to Peyton Reed And the, the script Was all over the place Is Paul Rudd made this character Because oh. he's, he's not a superhero He's not a billionaire He's not a scientist He's not a soldier He's a guy He's just your every man Yes he has some skills That he's very good at And they kind of Downplay his skills at him being An electrical engineer He has a masters in that Or that he's a cat burger Or he actually does Capoeira Or not capoeira uh, Parkour He does parkour But They downplay that But he has this, this Honestness to him Where he's actually trying to be a better person and do the right thing he could have just stolen the suit and then gone on a horrible robbery spree and made lots of money he but didn't. he
1: wants good for his daughter loves her and I love the Ant-Man film with their relationships to parents children I think that's really special and
0: it's quirky it does slow down a little in the middle yes but unlike the, the second Ant-Man film where the wasp where it was just uh, the major issue with the second one is that a lot of it is just them sitting in a van and there's nothing wrong with one scene images one scene movies work really well. Reservoir Dogs is one of my favorite films. That's all in a garage. But this one, them spending most of their time in the van was kind of I didn't, that dragged down. This one, there was more going on. You saw them at the Pym house. You saw them in the police precinct. You saw them at uh, Pym Industries.
1: They moved around. Yeah. They did
0: stuff. Also, we've got to say seeing the the design work was pretty cool. Seeing everything shrinking and some of the little nuances like the little sheep in the little uh, cage when he shook it and then she went, I
1: hate that. That's so sad. He's so tiny sheep.
0: Or the best part, which is the best set piece in the whole thing, a great climatic battle between two people in a kid's bedroom where it looks all climatic and scary, and then you see it as a real person. It looks and it so zooms s-
1: out and the train falls down. <laughs> oh no!
0: Yeah, he gets hit with Thomas the Tank Engine. It just goes. <laughs> it's like it's it shows the difference in the screens. Not the entire time in the quantum realm, even though there's the introduction of the quantum realm in that. But I like the next one we have is another introductions one. This is Doctor Strange. And Doctor Strange was trippy and weird, and this shows the mystic elements of Marvel, and it introduced it in a way where you wouldn't have thought it worked, but it works so well because they do compare magic to science. They get rid of the wand waving and the whole thing. Instead, they say, Okay, it's magic is a program. You use it to mess with reality. Yes. And while yes, I miss like by the whole Hogie Hores of Hogwarts, or the by the bands of Sick. Of Cicar- Crack. It's still really cool. Also, some of the changes were well done. I mean, yes, there's a lot of issue with people saying, oh, they should have just had an Asian person play the ancient one instead of uh, Tilda Swift Swan playing the ancient one. I feel that that worked kind of well. I actually it added something different to it.
1: I like that she played the ancient one because when you find out that uh, she's pulling from the dark magic, it's like, aha, like, oh, you are Faith, pulling the dark magic, all perfect and everything.
0: Which makes sense. Also, it's it's not just the generic, it's the old man that teaches the, the white savior to do it. It's more someone who's Celtic and works. Also, the change he did with Mordo is well done. It's instead of Mordo being, I'm just a worshiper of Dormammu who's evil, it's, no, he was someone who wanted to better, who bettered himself through studying the Ancient One and then him his loss of faith in the Ancient One. And where that's going to go, I can't wait to see where he goes, is now the villain who was once Doctor Strange's friend. Also, the subtle, the super subtle explanation of why you shouldn't text and drive. Yeah. kind of, well, well, no, it wasn't subtle. It was, you beat you over the head. It makes sense, though. It, it is important you shouldn't text and drive or look at your iPad and drive. Right?
1: But you also should not be speeding insanely in, at night with a little bit of rainfall and on your cellular device. Like, drive safely, people.
0: Um, but it is that Doctor Strange does seem a little, in this film, like Iron Man Light.
1: Well, he is a brilliant surgeon and has a little bit of a God complex, not unlike Stark. And you know has that um, invincibleness that like, oh so wrong you and, know.
0: But the difference is that Iron Man, Tony Stark sees that he has been spending years profiting on being horrible and he realizes he has to fix himself. Meanwhile Doctor Strange loses everything and he has to bring himself back up and even though he wants to be in the same spot he realizes that he could do more helping others than himself. And that's that...
1: cool is you see his work ethic. It's not just that yes there's a little natural talent there but you can see that when he went to school for medicine he studied hard you know has learned something he's just hungry for that knowledge didn't like let his body rest but self out so he did just like complete um eat up all the information that get in hand
0: and this film did show a lot of those great parts about it and it was an excellent choice to do for having Benedict Cumberbatch do this role and let's be honest it is a lot of fun because he
1: plays non-emotional so well you know so stoic
0: and you get used to his American accent which isn't bad some says oh it's a shitty accent it's like it's a decent accent it's not bad. I've heard much worse. I like it. And there are some, again, some issues with the film, maybe with villains, but it is a film that is very, well, it's it's fun to see the magic world work and for people to accept it so we could have more weird characters. We could probably have a Ghost Rider film that actually works now. We could have, like, the Midnight Sun show up. We could do this now. Maybe we could try doing Blade again. But, again, that's another...
1: Stop trying to make Blade happen. Blade already
0: happened. They're, they're saying that Wesley name may come back. Wesley Snape may come back. I don't even know how that was going to work. So, after, above Captain... Uh, sorry. Above Doctor Strange, surprisingly, is Captain Marvel. The newest film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, number 21. And this film... What can we say about Captain Marvel?
1: I can say a lot.
0: It's the first film where the headliner is just a girl. There's no guy and the girl. No, it's about Captain Marvel, and it is a prequel series set place in the 90s. And they do a lot of things differently with it.
1: It's nine tastic
0: they, t- they took Carol Danvers, who was the original Miss Marvel made her Captain Marvel, and they changed a lot of elements with the history. Some things were really well done, some things were really bad with it. Uh them turning Marvel, the original, who originally was Kevin Walters the Cree spry, into Wendy Walters, that's that was a that was an okay twist, especially with the Net Benning, who was a Net Benning. I love seeing the Cree homeworld and seeing all the little aspects of that, even though it's all up front, you don't see all of it. And seeing the scrolls finally appear in the MCU, that was Pretty awesome. It's just a shame what they did with it. It's, I think they had the idea, but then they said, eh, we're just, we're gonna make this more, we have an agenda, we're gonna push the agenda. Which that can either, if you push agenda subtly, you don't know it's being pushed and it's understandable. This one kind of hit you over the head with it a little bit, in my opinion.
1: Uh, the
0: fact that she's a girl, she's a girl, you know, it's uh, girl power, you could do it, it's like they didn't need to push it so much. I think that if they were, they had had it fine, but then they just went above and beyond a little bit? Not above and beyond. They went... I,
1: no, see, well that's interesting. I did not feel that that was like shoved in my face.
0: I think it not at first. At the end they were shoving in the face a little bit.
1: With her mentor? Mm-hmm. Well that was all...
0: And the whole fight scene with I'm Just a Girl? They didn't need that. They could have had the fight scene with any other music. Any other song they could have had. They could have had Nirvana. They could have had anything else. And I think that scene would have been better.
1: But see, as a girl, that scene, that music like that... What was that? No Doubt? Yes. Um, That was a and song for me in the 90s. I rocked out to that hardcore. For me, that felt more nostalgic than girl power. I think if you wanted to hit you over the head with a girl power moment it would have been um Forty Spice
0: Spice of the World the... it would have
1: been the Spice Girls that would have f- felt more like girl power Okay
0: I can moment. I can respect that. The and
1: I'm just a girl just felt like watch bite.
0: Also seeing young Nick Fury that was a great aspect. Seeing them play off each other that made it really really engaging and intriguing. I do feel that that drew away from it. It's she should have been the star of her own movie. If you needed a buddy cop they should have had photon uh, Monica Rambeau be her buddy cop. I mean yeah you get Nick Fury but they should have had it more about.
1: See and what's interesting is I like the Nick Fury extra no, stuff. No I
0: love Nick Fury extra stuff. I think it's great to see him flesh out. I I feel that it feel just like draws away from I Captain wanted, Marvel. It, it
1: It is like but I but I don't think could have
0: had his own. I, I kind of agree there. They could have done a S.H.I.E.L.D. movie and had him but, but Goose the, the cat, cat also stole the movie. I think I that was great.
1: Goose the Cat was so cute.
0: Or sorry Goose the flurgan. He's a flurgan. Right. Not a
1: cat. Flurgen. Now,
0: the one issue why this is low it, it is the scroll issue. Now, slight spoilers. Um, they turn the scrolls, one of the most horrific and evil races in the Marvel universe, into let's make them just sympathetic refugees. These are not nice people, but they tone them down severely. Now, here's hoping that in phase four and five, maybe the scroll come back and be horrific monsters again, but they Well,
1: they could be because if you are um a refugee. There's always that worry that you're gonna come back and super psycho. Okay, well, now that I'm not a ref, now that we established that my family is safe and my civilization is living on, I am going to kill you
0: now. Well, this is they were just conquering races who were they yes, they were refugees, but they wanted to conquer everything and they were establishing an empire, which leads to the Kree scroll roar. They kind of just zoom over that. But I'm digressing. We're getting a little loopholing. I hear. You. Um, one more. So now we're at the top 10, because that was the one which just almost squeaked it out, not entirely. But we're at the top 10 Marvel films for the MCU. And at the bottom, the lowest of the top 10, just Number squeaking 10, by, if you will, just there is Spider Man Homecoming. Yes, the introduction of Peter Parker officially into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, even though he had this cameo in Civil War. It's a great film. I think that they got Peter right finally now yes i grew we grew up during the toby maguire phase and Tobey Maguire is a great Spider-Man. He's a great Spider-Man. But he's not a good Peter Parker. He's goofy. He's geeky. just kind of like... Mm. But he's what we had. And then you had Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. He's He was a better Spider-Man. But he was too cool to be Peter Parker. True. Now, Tom Holland as Spider-Man. He's got it. And the thing which sold it to me is... One of Peter Parker's defining traits... And I talked about this in the Homecoming Review... Is that Peter Parker cannot let himself be happy. No matter what. Yes, they changed the fact that... Oh, this movie... He wants to be an Avenger, he wants to be an Avenger, but his underlying thing, his thing which is him, is that he wants to do what's right. He wants to save people. He could have stole all that money when he, when the bank explodes and not save Mr. Delmar, the guy who owns the deli he goes to all the time. But what does he do? He runs, saves Mr. Delmar, and saves his cat. Later on, he has the option. The villain, one of the best villains in the whole cinematic universe, gives him an offer of look, you did something good for me, I will do something good for you. You get to live if you don't bother me. He could have taken that option and had a great time, great Add life. At
1: the whole Homecoming. Yeah,
0: he could have had his date and all that.
1: With the pretty girl.
0: And what happens? He throws it all away. He ends up becoming the guy who skips out on field trips, skips out on. He- Peter Parker's life sucks now. But as Spider Man, he's doing the right thing.
1: I really liked it. I felt like. I felt like. Uh, his name as dad, the bad guy. Uh,
0: Michael Keaton as. My- as M- Michael
1: Keaton, like, I love him as an actor. I thought the performance was good. It's just, it is looking up at all of the other. It falls
0: into the bottom of top. Yeah. Well, no, I think Vulture worked well. That aspect is great. It's just, and he has one of the best seats in the cinematic universe. It's just some of the little things make it fall short. Some of the side characters and this isn't a origin story which is refreshing but there's some aspects missing with it. Also the heavy reliance of Iron Man you know is a little, it keeps Spidey from getting further up there.
1: And keep in mind everybody that Zan is a huge Spider-Man fan.
0: I'm a huge Spider-Man fan and I could even bring up the fact that they did so many different things from the other films. This movie does not have any scenes of Spidey swinging across the city. There's none. Like the iconic of him swinging across There's none of that. They try to...
1: His neighborhood,
0: but not him across the city where he's speeding across or car chases. They don't show that, and I like that. It's kind of more whimsical and fun, especially the Ferris Bueller reference. Yes, yeah, total. So, number nine, Spider Man is number eight or number ten. Number nine, the one that started it all Iron Man with John directed Fav- by uh, John Fabreau, starring Robert Downey Jr. This is the one that started it all. It's a great film. It's engaging. It takes a B list character and makes him sympathetic. And there's some great characters in it. There's some great villains in it. There's some great story arcs in it. And it took Robert Downey Jr. from his place in well, in he was looked down upon, to him being awesome again and beloved, and led him to do other things again. He's now a credible actor, and him engaging in the fact of his, of Tony's drug addict, his alcoholism, and him being a pompous asshole. He is Iron Man. There's no doubt about it. And and
1: and, and kind of need Iron Man to be a little bit
0: pompous. Kind of do. You know. Kind of do. I
1: like Iron. Man. He's Iron Man. He learned so much. Like he's a playboy. He has the life. Like I I lo- I like this origin story.
0: Also because. The, the beginning of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and You get S.H.I.E.L.D. and all that And of course he said the, the Stinger was well Done. It's a good movie. It's just And it's good It's a standalone movie. It's, it doesn't need Anything else. Spidey felt like it was Connected. You had to. The opening sequence Is him blogging about what happened in Civil War. It's not standalone. That was The main thing with Spidey. Now beating out Iron Man, the original Avenger, the first One in the Cinematic Universe, is Thor Ragnarok. Taika Watiti, He is insane. I will admit he's Insane. And, uh, well, I don't like character in the movie, I have to admit, he said, you know what? The first two Thor movies, very Shakespearean. Let's throw all that crap out and let's just make this balls-to-the-walls retro-futuristic insane it's like Jack Kirby would have done. And it's funny and weird and bizarre and even though, yes, he stole a bunch from Planet Hulk. He stole so much from Planet Hulk. It's a weird, fun movie. And you have a lot going on, a lot of unique characters, a lot of strange images, and Jeff Goldblum. Oh, just being Jeff Goldblum.
1: You have to love Jeff Because it's his Thing.
0: <laughs> so weird. uh Like I said, loose points on some of the side characters again, but accessible and get into it totally up for it. And yes, it starts off where maybe you need to know some stuff going on, but no. This one, it's all action, all fun, all weird. Also, uh Kate Blanchett had to be having a blast doing this movie. She looked like she was having a lot of fun. Just eating up the scenery with her villainous. And you
1: could, I, could, I feel like, could feel her having fun when she would go from her long hair look to her. She, like, sweeps her hands back, like when you're gonna make a ponytail. She sweeps her hands back and she's got her fighter warrior helmet on. The the antlers pop out. Like, she's just in her evil element.
0: She's, it's hella. You just say it's hella. That's all you go with. So, you go there, you have fun, and just enjoy the film for what it is. Have fun. Don't try to sit much to it and just enjoy the ride. So now we're up. We're, we're getting there. We're almost up to the top. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven left. We're at number seven. And this next film is one which it's, for the most part, it's in the top five for most lists. Or There's only like two lists I saw where it was really low, but that was because the people were a little more judgmental about, let's say. And we're talking about one of the only Avengers who is more powerful than Iron Man And Captain America combined. We're talking about Black Panther.
1: Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever.
0: Black Panther. Great film from beginning to end. One of the best villains. It's heartfelt. It's engaging. And I've got to say, it's got a great message to it.
1: I, I like the technology. I love the little sister.
0: They focus on Shuri. They focus on all these great characters. There weren't too many characters that were wasted in the film. Everyone had a point. Everyone had a place. Soundtrack was well done. I felt that there wasn't anything... Rough with it. It's a good movie. It's a it's a It's a great movie. It's just the the, the film...
1: costumes are cool. They're on point.
0: And everything makes sense. You have the fact that there are different costumes in Wakanda, but all of them are based on the colors of the different tribes you're part of. Uh, the River Tribe is green. The Border Tribe is blue. The Mining Tribe is red, and the Royal Family is purple,
1: which is traditionally a very royal color.
0: That fits. You have the whole other world. You have the whole uh Bas- is What is it? It's Basan.
1: I love how there's a fake canopy over Wakanda that makes it look like it's just dead penetrable forest craziness and break through it and it's just whole like totally futuristic um, kind of almost topian. Yes,
0: even though it has the other part about it where it's not helping the rest of the world and I like that it, it show, it's shows uh, there's a term used for it. I use it in our review which is that it's um a positive futuristic look for a certain culture and I feel that this film does really great justice with that. I think it does. It focuses on positivity and I gotta say, it's a great film. Better than Thor Ragnarok because one, it's a great, it's, you could say it's a standalone story. Yes, there's references to Civil War but it's a film which it does best and it's a great film to show people.
1: And I think that they completely nailed the relationship being a good older brother and a, a sassy, very smart-witted um, younger sister. They nailed like that family dynamic well and I think that uh, a great king sure he uh, has great empathy he could be very showy but he's not like kind of gets it um that is a great he
0: does focus on the fact that he is it's a difference between a good ma- a great man and a good king mm-hmm. they're, they're they're it's not mutually exclusive like to be a great king you can't you you're not supposed to be a good man but to be a good man is and he is a good man who mm-hmm. beca- will become a great king in this world the moral Mac universe seeing all the things going on Now, above the Black Panther is the first film that this was setting up. We're talking about the first, the end of phase one. The culmination of five movies working together to create a movie where not one, not two, not three, not four, five, but six superheroes would come together, form the great and mighty The Avengers. You gotta
1: say it better. The Avengers!
0: And they haven't said it yet. And I will say, if they do not say the the slogan for The Avengers in Endgame, I'll be very upset. They have to say it.
1: But I like blooper with Black Widow.
0: They have a lot of bloopers with them. But the Avengers, it's the combination of the truth. Yes, the opening is completely out of left field where it's like, it doesn't feel like it's part of the movie. Like It's like you feel like you've missed something. But that's some of the charm of it. And you see them coming together. You see them butting heads. You see the first time that Cap meets Tony in that scene of when Captain America comes down. You see him in his costume for the first time. Yes, it looks corny like his, his uh, his, uh, was it stage show? His stage show costume. But you have to remember, Agent Coulson Design it because he's a fanboy and it's also that old school style of him saying you know last time I was in Germany there was a man there that thought he was above everybody else and we disagreed it's it's like that's Captain America totally there and him and then Iron Man showing up with him blasting ACDC over the Quinjet and him showing up and seeing then Thor fighting with them It's and also Mark Ruffalo his first appearance as Bruce Banner and him rising to the occasion to be Bruce Banner being a more not nebbish but he, he feels like he's a doctor and he cares and he's trying to be calm And that's a good part of it But when he's angry He does get angry uh-huh. And now while there is some In the middle There's a little bit of Like little meandering moments The grand story Is there Overshadows it And the Avengers Is a great movie And that's why It's number six But now number five <laughs> Number five is Because without the, the Avengers Wouldn't be the Avengers Without someone Leading the Avengers And this is our number five Surprisingly I'm Talking about Steve Rogers Just a kid from Brooklyn Who a doctor could chance on, and he did not become a great soldier. He was a good man. Talking about Captain America, the first event, first Captain America movie to be done right out of the last four Captain America movies.
1: I thought it just spectacular.
0: It's a great period piece taking place in World War II, and it's a great story of someone who's a good man becoming a great, and not because of his power, because he is in the inside. It sets him as the person who holds the line. He's the kid that will jump on top of the grenade, no questions asked.
1: And he's intelligent. Okay, no one's ever gotten the flag down. You know, pull the pin, knock the pole, grab the flag. <laughs> thanks so much. In the car, riding back. Baby. He
0: he finds a solution. Even if they don't think there's a, a way to win, he'll figure out a way to win. And that's what makes him... It's,
1: simple. it's not like overing it. He doesn't have to make a blaster or shoot up a good thing. Like, just it's just common sense that is a block.
0: And he is someone who focuses on that old common sense style. Yes, there are issues later on where he's very, I'm the old man out of time. Which we didn't talk about, but in the Avengers, he has that I'm out of time element. And that's kind of heartbreaking, but it's...
1: Well, he has his... No- well, all of his friends are dying. Dying off. And well, he we, has a notebook to, like... W-
0: wait, no, that's the next one. This is the first one. We're we'll getting to okay. that. So, in- back
1: into the first one. He is the quintessential good guy. Is good-looking, you know.
0: After- he, he, he wasn't originally. He was... Yeah, really- had-
1: originally he was... <laughs> the CG has- is
0: is is still pretty... It holds up pretty well. He,
1: originally, he had boyish Charm. You see that he could keyed on his bones. But, you know, when he becomes Captain America, he's, like, handsome good looking, but still kind of looks like the everyday guy, you know, is a great team leader. Um, And then he gets stuck in this role being a,
0: um, a cheerleader.
1: A cheerleader and not being on the front lines. And that's all he wanted to do was make a difference. Until he starts figuring out how he make a difference and then given the opportunity, he is Captain America!
0: And let's talk about his villain as well. Yes, the Red Skull. You can't, it's just him beating up Nazis. You can't go wrong with Nazis. But the Red Skull is his evil alter ego and there have been other evil alter egos but I feel the Red Skull is a great inc- showing of that which it's the evil rival it's not just the I'm, I'm your reverse rival because of this it's like no he's just a more evil version of himself where it's not thinking of the collective goods thinking about myself right and he gets his comeuppance which we find out years later which sucks but so yeah Avengers now the next film is so now at number four we have the film which they thought wasn't going to work they said this film there's no way it's going to work it can't It's just too weird. It's too strange. We're going to put a bunch of weird characters in space and show We're going to have a raccoon and a tree. This shouldn't have worked. And it did.
1: And it worked so well. And I love Groove. James
0: Gunn did an amazing job making the Guardians of the Galaxy film work. And it's...
1: The original is like just so...
0: It's one part prison break film, one part criminal movie. And this is what the Suicide Squad should have been. It's just a bunch of degenerates trying to do something. And it going horribly wrong and horribly right. it has some great charisma to it. The villain, not great, but doesn't matter. Just the weirdness of the movie and the, the the fun of the movie. It's a fun movie. It's a
1: fun movie. It's a fun movie to watch. Great soundtrack.
0: And and also seeing Chris Pratt, actually the guy from Community, this fat chubby guy being...
1: Star-Lord.
0: Yes. Star-Lord. You know. Always
1: he... knowing that there is something special about him and not really knowing why. And then,
0: and then also seeing some things that you didn't think would have worked with it. Like, I'm not a fan of John C. Rye. I like him in some things, but not everything. But seeing him as a Nova Corps member actually kind of worked because he's like, I'm a, the pencil pushing cop, which worked. It, it expanded the cinematic universe so you could see all the weird things in the cosmic universe. Seeing the collector and seeing how weird he was and going further into his collection and his eccentricities made it more engaging. The, the development of Nowhere and of Xandar and even seeing the Kree Empire
1: is very cool.
0: Yes. Ronin, the less said, the better. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: We would have knocked points for Ronin, but he's overshadowed by everything else. It's not like how. Red Skull was a uh, some things didn't coalesce but it's just better also seeing all the other characters and also Nebula them up. so now we're in the top three the big three three left and if you've been keeping count you know the three now you're just wondering what order we're gonna go in so number three yes number three the quote unquote political thriller of the MCU some people say it's not a political thriller kind of is we're talking about Captain America the Winter Soldier another Captain America movie this one is one which it focuses as we said it's more about him being the man out of time it's him trying to adapt in this world where he's still someone who sees right and wrong and it's not the, there's no line between it. And him dealing with all of the, the political intrigue of him still trying to be that, I'm going to follow that line no matter what. You know, the statement of being a tree and not moving. You know, you can't move.
1: where it. there's too, when there's too much bureaucracy, bureaucracy, and that happens, that happens. And coming up and questioning the right right uh.
0: And this led from him in Avengers, because in the first one he was, let's follow orders. But yep. still the right thing and then he starts to realize in Avengers that there is something wrong. The world has changed and not in the way that he expected.
1: Like, wait a second.
0: It's no longer the good the the good guys or the good guys. There's just like the morally gray, but he's still trying to be that 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 moral that moral compass piece in a world where things aren't as moral as it used to be. Yeah. And him finding, and also him with the falcon, his relationship with with Sam, and also him with Natasha. And there were some great elements to it all, seeing the whole Hydra element of them hiding within the Shield, create this whole yeah, great sleeper element.
1: cell. That whole thing. That was awesome. It
0: led to a great film that's excellent.
1: Well, you can't imagine Captain America not. You, you can't imagine
0: anybody else save the day except... You can't. And that leads to our third film. Our second our film. Second. Number two. Arguably, the thing is with our number two and number one spot, they're pretty much tied for first. They're both excellent films. And you can go either way with them. Now, thematically, the films work in such a great way. And just, it's like little minute reasons why we chose one over the other. Let's be honest. But I think that the number two, in my opinion, is an amazing film. I think that it is probably the best of the story. It sets up so much. We're talking about characters in America, Civil War. This is a film which from beginning to end it takes everything that was established in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and turns it on its head. And why? Just because of an ideological difference caused by a mistake. They took the original concept from the original comics Civil War which was a explodes in Connecticut while a young superhero team is vlogging about it. And that caused an issue where oh god this happened and now it's registered superheroes too. No, it's these superheroes. There was an incident they're running without control, let's control them. And them fighting between their Tony Stark wanting to support this because of the guilt he's felt over the years of everything that he's done wrong. And then Steve on the other side It's the Ka- whole like
1: check and balance. It's it, a it's a conversation right check and balance. You no know, has the autonomy run around whatever you want with you know consequence yeah So you know they do things, there are consequences and they feel bad and but but at the same time you don't think that they're fighting and, and all of that, then the world gonna explode. So what do you do? That's like the whole Tension between it—it's not super clear one way or another. It's like there's no—it's the—it's an entire gray area.
0: And what makes it better is the fact that the climatic fight isn't a climatic fight. It's not two armies fighting each other. No, it's two friends beating each other in a very dirty fight because of a simple thing. One friend wanting to protect another friend. Zemo destroying the Avengers because of his well, his master plan. He is one of the best villains for this. He takes the Avengers and destroys them just for revenge. He can't kill them. He can't kill me, but he makes them kill themselves in a very genius way, and it's a great film. It's an amazing film. It's a film which it's heartfelt and it's tragic. You feel so bad in the pain for this. Especially, I think one of the best scenes is when, in spoilers, the reveal when Tony realizes that Bucky killed his parents. You see just the eye movement in the way he's looking out, focuses on his face, and he's looking at Bucky. Then he looks at Steve, and he's like, "Did you know?"
1: He's like, "Yeah, I knew." He's like,
0: "He's like." It's like, listen, I didn't know it was... It's like, no, did you know? And it was just that betrayal. And all of it just... And it's just It's subtle acting That's that's great
1: it's, it's the superheroes As real Caring
0: But that's always been the case with Marvel Is that it's about the people Not the superheroes They're not gods They're people And this focuses on them Dealing with Feel it's one of the best films So number one Does the Cause kind of the reverse With that We're talking about Infinity War Some people say Oh it's not the best Like it is
1: As of right now
0: If they culminate That it's the best uh, That it's the worst You know it's the best film It is amazing uh, Let's not just say It's amazing It is a film Where you have a villain that at first you hate him then you sympathize with him then you understand his logic which it's like you understand where he's coming from and it's horrific what he's doing but
1: and what's great is it brings everybody in the guardians are there. Black Panther is there.
0: The Wakandans are there. And that was one point that I felt was a little weird: is that they, they could have had other other countries helping out, but I don't think they would have helped out because a lot of countries wanted to arrest Captain Rogers. But right, the, so that's
1: why there was Wakanda, and then there's like. But yeah, know, but but everybody comes together.
0: Well, it's like they could have explained: listen, Ross, if you don't let us do this, the world's gonna end. Type thing, the universe is gonna end. But it's like but
1: Doctor Strange is there. You're like, everybody is there, and they were all on point doing the best that they could. Yes,
0: this is one of the best tragic films.
1: I didn't want out this to there. be number 1 cuz I don't like it when the bad guy wins. No, it's But it's an awesome movie.
0: It's a great film and it's one which the yeah, the bad guys, the bad guy wins. And it's an understandable victory on his part and it's tragic. It's just it does feel slightly incomplete. Uh we may revise this list once the second one comes out cuz if the if Endgame is not what we expect it to be, this may drop down. If it Drops down, then civil war will be number one. Definitely. But the film is well done. You introduce a lot of new elements, and seeing some little subtle touches makes it a great film as well. So, yeah, that's our top films for we've been talking for how long have we been talking for? We've been talking online about for about an hour and 15 minutes. Wow. It's a long time.
1: We got a lot of movies to go over.
0: Yeah. Maybe we should just go over the top ten.
1: But we, we watched all of them, we rated all of them, we discussed all of them.
0: I think this was fun. Uh yeah. I Let, think... us your Let us
1: know your thoughts.
0: Let us know. Know what you think. Uh, our next episode, we're going to be talking about something a little bit more intriguing and in depth. And that's going to be quick and easy. We're going to talk about the cinematic villains, talk about them, give our ratings about those guys because there's a lot of villains, and we're just going to go quick with those, like kind of gunshot round. But thank you for listening. Let us know what you think. If you like this, if we should keep doing this, email us at, at gmail.com or me at Uh Message us on Facebook and hit us up on Tumblr and Twitter. Also, if you're going to be in the Boston area in one week, we're talking about the my math up. The 19th, 20th, and 21st of this month, we are going to be at Anime Boston. We have three panels going on, and you can definitely check it out. Uh, the big one is going to be well, we have our uh, literary anime, anime based off of light novel series. We got some fun ones, especially with some of the new series that came out, like The Rise of the Shield Gar- uh, Shield Hero, which I'm still surprised. We did not know. There's 15 volumes of the actual book out already.
1: And it's one of my favorites.
0: Yes. Uh, we have our Ronin, the uh, vagabonds and heroes of ancient well the vagabonds heroes of anime talk about different types of ronin characters the wanderless masterless hero and then last week we talking about 22 samurai era manga recommendations for grown-ups we've got some really twisted titles some great titles and some which you've never heard of and one which i think is just kind of sad <laughs> but i digress so guess that's it we're gone so catch you guys next time
1: thanks bye
0: bye